Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> Dan's Ghost of Dog. That's right. I'm here with Andrew Zitlow. And I'm here with Travis Good Young. <laughs> back. Uh, back for B5. Back for another season yeah. of this starring podcast. I've got to say, I uh, had a lot of fun uh, over B4, but now we're reunited. We can like, truly do this thing properly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I just want to start out with a big thank you to our listenership. You know, it's just been just been blowing up. You know? Huge. Yeah. So um so I'll start out there. If you if you want to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> Buy us a coffee. Yeah, we're ready we're ready to uh to start making some money off this thing. You know, start yeah, really T shirts. T shirts, uh, coasters. Yeah. Yeah. Jar cozies. Jar cozies. <laughs> Get some jar cozies. That would be, that'd be true. So, so we're back, and um, I think just talking about the structure of the podcast, There's um, we're back to the readings, the history readings, to prepare for the seminars. Um, we don't have any other love to give. We don't have time. No, we don't have time. I mean, we're, really we're not even sure if we have time for this. No, yeah, exactly. We'll but, uh, we obviously dropped the ball last week. But. Right, well, B5 is crazy. Yeah, and this whole Tuesday morning note submission just means that we have to get our readings done really early right. to help you guys out with these podcasts. Be right on it. So, but yeah, so here we are back in the Magic Building. Yeah. HB four. Yeah, it's it's no pinnacle, it's no top of the. No, yeah, exactly of the idea building. Oh, you mean here, like? No, yeah, like at the top. Ah. Uh, what did you call that? The pinnacle. Ah, okay. Yeah. I I know my circles call it Studio Sixty Nine. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we're in right. different circles. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's great. So we're back. Uh, you're right. Seminar number two. Uh, this one's functioning or focusing on function. Yeah. Um, and this is your week to. To lead the seminar. To lead the seminar. Super fun. fun. I also I gotta say and. You were in my seminar this yeah. previous week on form. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Talk yes. about the so we're going to read the complimentary reading to the textbook, which is an excerpt from Louis Sullivan's uh, book, a collection of essays called Kindergarten Chats. And the book is formatted as um, sort of a discussion between him and a novice. Um, architect. So we are going to pretend to be those people. Yeah, we're going to try and take it on. I uh, there's it's it's not laid out. I may say some of your lines. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Yeah, it may sorry if it gets confusing, but we'll try. We'll try our best. Also, throw it out there that before we go, that this is a Dover publication. Thank you, Dover. Thank you, Dover. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Oh, yeah. So um, so it begins. Um, yeah, so this little chapter is called Function and Form. You're going to tell me more about language, and you... No, I was not. I began to tell you something about function and form when you interrupted, and that's what I am to do now. That is so. We didn't finish, did we? We can never finish. We may talk for long and only get a start, but it will be a right start, I believe. We may perhaps see where the end lies. But it will be and remain like a star in the sky, unreachable and of unknown distance. Or it will be like life itself, elusive to the last, even in death. Or it will be like a phantom beacon on a phantom stormy sea. Or as a voice calling a fire in the woods. Or like the shadow of a cloud upon a cloud. It will glide 
Diaphanous. And imponderable, floating in the still air of the spirit. What's that you're talking about? The interrelation of function and form. It has no beginning, no ending. It is immeasurably small, immeasurably vast, inscrutably mobile, infinitely serene, intimately complex, yet simple. But you surely told me to listen, not to the words, but to the thought. How can I follow if you're always thinking way ahead of the words? You seem to take delight in it. That's true. I'll specify. Now it stands to reason that a thing looks like what it is, and vice versa. It is what it looks like. I will stop here to make exception of certain little straight brown worms that I have picked from rose bushes. They look like little brown dead twigs at first. But speaking generally, outward appearances resemble inner purposes. For instance, the form, oak tree, resembles and expresses the purpose or function, oak. The form, pine tree, resembles and indicates the function, pine. The form, horse, resembles and is the logical output of the function, horse. The form, spider, <laughs> resembles and is the tangible evidence of the function, spider. So the form, wave, looks like the function, wave. The form, cloud, speaks to us of the function, cloud. <laughs> uh, the form rain indicates that the, the, the function rain, and the form bird tells us of the function bird. The form eagle is the function eagle, made visible. The form beak of that eagle, the function beak of that eagle. And so does the form rosebush authenticate its function rosebush. The form rose branch tells us of the function rose branch. The form rosebud speaks for the function rosebud. The form, <laughs> the form full blown rose recites the poem full blown rose. And so does the form man stand for the function man. The form John Doe means the function John Doe. The form smile makes us aware of the function smile. So when I say a man named John Doe smiles, we have a little series of functions and forms which are inseparably related, and yet they seem very causal to us. <laughs> if you say John Doe speaks and stretches out his hand as he smiles, I add a little to the sum of the functions and the forms, but I do not affect their validity or their continuity. If I say he speaks ungrammatically and with a list, I merely modify a little the form, a little the form your own. I merely modify a little the form. I want to say to the form, sorry. the form your own impression are impressions are taking up as you listen. If I say that as he smiled and stretched out his hand and began speaking with a lisp and ungrammatically, his lip trembled and a tear formed in his eye, you are not function and form moving in their rhythm. Are you not moving in your rhythm while I listen? Am I not moving in my rhythm as I speak? If I add that, as he spoke, he sank into a chair, his hat fell from his relaxing fingers, his face blanched, his eyelids drooped, his head turned a little. Have I done more than add to your impression and my sympathy? Have I not in reality added or detached? Have I not made or unmade? I speak and you listen. John Doe lived. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, he did not know anything or care anything about form or function, but he lived them both. He dispersed them both as he went along through life. He lived and he died. You and I live and we shall die, but John Doe lived the life of John Doe. Not of John Smith. That was his function, and such were his forms. And so the form Roman architecture means 
if it means anything at all, the function Roman. The form American architecture will mean, if it ever succeeds in meaning anything American life, the form John Doe architecture, should there be such an architecture, should there be such an architecture, must mean nothing if it means not John Doe. I do not lie when I tell you John Doe lisped. You do not lie when you listen. He did not lie when he lisped. Lisp. Then why all this lying architecture? Why does John Doe architecture pretend his John Smith architecture? Are we a nation of liars? I think not. That we architects are a sect, a cult of pervasiators? Sure. Is another matter. And so, in man-made things, the form literature means nothing more or less than function. Literature, the form of music, the function. Music, the form. Knife, the function. Knife, the form. And axe, the function. Oh, sorry. Uh, function, yeah. <laughs> sorry, at least I listen to these forms of things. I don't know how well this is going to come across like, uh, as you guys are listening, but it's, uh, it's definitely a mouthful. I'll keep on here. Um, okay, the function acts, the form engine, the function engine. And again, in nature, the form water, the function water, the form rivulet, the function rivulet, the form river, the function river, the form lake, the function lake, the form reeds, the function reeds, the forms fly above the water and the vast below the water, the related functions, and so the fishermen in the boat, and so on, and on, and on, and on unceasingly, endlessly, consistently, eternally. Through the range of the physical world, visual, microscopic, and telescopic, the world of the senses and the world of the intellect, the word of the heart and the world of the soul, the physical world of man we believe we know, and the borderland of that world we know not. That world, silent, immeasurable, creative spirit, and of those infinite function, all these things are but the very manifestations in form, in form, more or less tangible, more or less imponderable, a borderland, delicate as the drawn of life, grim as fate, human as the smile of a friend, a universe wherein all function, all is function, all is form, a frightful phantasm, driven the mind to despair, or as we will, a glorious revelation of that power which holds us in an invisible, a benign, a relentless, a wondrous hand. My goodness! What light that throws on the bank? What bank? You know. Bank, me no banks. That is neither form nor function here. But listen, like sees and begets its like, that which exists in spirit ever seeks and finds its physical counterpart in form, its visible image, an uncouth thought, an uncouth form, a monstrous thought and a monstrous form, a thought in decadence, a form in decadence, a living thought, a living form, Light means light. A shadow means eclipse. How many shadows do men cast? How many live in the shadows? How many walk in the darkness? How many struggle in their night? How many wander, wander, wander? Wander. Wander? It's like an A? W-A-N-D-R? I mean, if it was a... Oh, like wanderlust? It wander. Right, okay, yeah. A wander, okay, sorry. <laughs> I was like thinking, I'm like, Wander? <laughs> Fuck. Where are you from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, how many wander, all forlorn, in the verge of death's deep battle? Uh, how many are mired in the black pit, 
How many drag others thereunto? Great is the light that shines, profound the shadow that man casts upon his own spirit. Opaque and more morbid? Morbid? Yeah. Any idea on that? <laughs> morbid? Opaque and morbid, that man who gives forth not a light, but a shallow shadow in his daily walk. A dense, material, moving phantom, he who stands before the light and puts his art into obscuration. Stand out of my light! Stand out of our light, I said. Platoons of dead men. What is he getting at? <laughs> I'm just going to keep on pushing through. Um, this is the day when strikes the hour on high noon within a cloudless sky. Avast the sun! Avaunt the clay that doth eclipse it! Shall the hour sound and no man answer cheerily its call? Shall the sun, sun, shall the sun shine and no flower bloom in gladness? Shall the joyous heavens find no answer? To their smile, but sullen turbid stares. It cannot be. It shall not be. For of the wilderness, I'll make a song of spring that shall dispel its gloomy wintry skies and icy snows, and make a wake to sweet rejuvenance, the lark, the soaring, singing lark that doth abide within the hearts of all the young. That's fine. Although it looked pretty dark at one time, especially for the clay man. Mm. Do you often have these fits? <laughs> if you do, Telephone me so that I can get around in time to hear the next one. <laughs> By the way, what has become a function and form in the shuffle? I dreamed again, but this time I awake to that of which I dreamed. The charming reality of your own proper person, your wit and your ways. My dream was its own function, the words, its audible form. Is there then form in everything? Form in anything, everything and everything. Everywhere and at every instant. According to their nature, their function, some forms are definite, some are indefinite, some are nebulous, others concrete and sharp, some symmetrical, and others purely rhythmical. Side note, I recognize this from your notes on the last reading of form. Mm. As I did the report, I was reading this. I thought that was, I thought it was one of the both. Uh, some are abstract, others material. Some appeal to the eye, some to the ear, some to the touch, and some to the sense of smell, some to any or all or combination of these, but all, without fail, stand for relationships between the immaterial and the material, between the subjective and the objective, between the infinite spirit and the finite mind. Through our sense, we know substantially all that we may know. The imagination, intuition, reason are all exalted forms of the physical senses, as we call them. For man, there is nothing but the physical. What he calls his spirituality is but the most exalted reach of his animalism. It's pretty heavy. Uh, little by little, man, through his senses, divines the infinite. His highest thoughts, his most dedicated, delicate yearnings arise through imperceptible birth and growth from the material sense of touch. From hunger arose those cravings of his soul. From urgent passions have the sweetest vows of his heart's arisen. From savage instincts came the force and powers of his mind. All his growth, all his decadence. Functions are born of functions and in turn give birth or death to others. Forms emerge from forms, and others arise or descend from these. All are related, interwoven, intermeshed, interconnected, interblended. The eczemos and ensemos? Any, uh, <laughs> any ideas what, what those two things mean? Uh, is it like X? Oz? 
no exos. I was gonna say exosmosis, like the opposite. Right, like you're soaking in something or something. No, I don't think that's it though. No, okay. Some, uh, we'll leave that up. Leave that in the comments. We don't have comments. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I keep on going here. I, I will just comment though this is it's pretty one sided at the beginning. Yeah, thanks for reading. doing all of the reading. <laughs> yeah, no okay, so getting back up again, the XMOs and Indomos, Indosmos. It sounds like what I want to be for Halloween. An Indosmos. <laughs> they sway and they swirl and mix and drift intermi interminably. They shape, they reform, they dissipate. They respond, correspond, attract, repel, coalesce, disappear, reappear, merge, and emerge, slowly or swiftly, gently, or with cataclysmic force, from chaos into chaos, from death into life, from life into death, from rest into motion, from motion into rest, from darkness into light, from light into darkness, from sorrow into joy, from joy into sorrow, from purity into foulness, from foulness into purity, from growth into decadence, from decadence into growth. All is form, all is function, ceaselessly unfolding and infolding, and the heart of the man, of man, full unfolds and infolds with them. Man, the one spectator before whom this drama spreads its appalling and inspired harmony of drift and splendor, as the centuries toll and toll the flight of broad pinion time, time capitalized there, Soaring from eternity to eternity, while the might sucks the juices of the petal, and the ant industriously wanders, <laughs> wanders here and there, and here and there again. The songbird twitters on the bough. The violet, the violet gives her perfume sweetly forth in innocence. All is function, all is form, but the fragrance of them is rhythm, and the language of them is rhythm. For rhythm is the very wedding march and ceremonial that quickens into song, into song the unison of form and function, or the dirge of their farewell, as they move apart and pass into sil the silent watches of that wondrous night we call the past. So goes the story on its endless way. There's an interesting section of a reading there. Um, obviously, it's saying that form and function are intertwined at every single level, and they're just inseparable. As in, there's plenty of examples of where they both <laughs> so, so <laughs> where they exist. Um, yeah, I feel like the way he refers to function is kind of like in a similar way that we've been talking about form, how it's sort of like this shape, but it's like also. The idea of the shape right and function is kind of the same it's like you know the practical thing but also it's like the essence of what that is right okay so like um i don't need to think of another analogy because i think we just had a million of them there but no the i get what you're saying Travis and the function of yeah, yeah exactly um i mean maybe the function of uh recording or listening to this podcast but like the in this like material form, um, but then there's the essence of the podcast. You know how people really wanted to hear the podcast, and they're just so excited to have it back. I hope, anyways. Um, just looking at the questions really quick, and the reading's not done, um, but just done that section. It'd be nice to mix it up a little bit. Um, just giving an overview of those. Could you see that last section applying to any of those, any of the seminar questions? Well, there's the, 
I mean, there's the one question that is directly related to this reading, which is following Louis Sullivan, what is the inner purpose, destiny, or inner spiritual force of the thermal bath? Hmm. So, I mean, I guess it depends on what you think the essence of the thermal bath is. Right, and kind of, and I think capturing that essence in our program of how the bath, the, the phenomenology of the bath, like when we're thinking about these things at this level of this project, it's, I guess, very valuable to um, to really understand that form and function really are intertwined, and that when we're looking at uh, building systems this term, and I'm talking with TAs and and other M students about this, like, oh, you really need to understand the systems here and have those integrated and make that yeah. that part of it. Um, you know, it's it's a pretty uh, like juvenile thought, I think, at this point in time, and design this bathhouse, but this idea that that really those mechanical systems, the functions of bathing, uh, need to be integrated to the form or the experience of, of being in there um, might be why we got this reading in the first place. Mm -hmm. Perhaps. Perhaps. So, any other comments on the questions for, for um, this one? Not for now. Not for now, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Back at. So this next little uh, segment is also called function and form. What was the last one called? Um, the last one was called function and form. Function and form. Part one. This one is thirteen. Function <laughs> and form part two. Hmm. Mm. So it seems to me that I could have gotten a clear idea of your recent harangue on function yeah. and form if you had used half as many words. <laughs> Still, I think I catch your meaning after a fashion. The gist of it, I take it, behind every form we see, there's a vital something or other which we do not see, yet which makes itself visible to us in that very form. In other words, in a state of nature, the form exists because of the function, hmm. and this is something behind the form is neither more nor less than a manifestation of what you call the infinite creative spirit, and what I call God. Hmm. And allowing for our differences in education, training, and life associations so that we may try to see the, the same thing in the same way. What you want me to understand and hold to is that just as every form contains its function and exists by virtue of it, so every function finds or is engaged in finding its form. And furthermore, while this is true of the everyday things we see about us in nature and in the reflection of nature we call human life, it is just as true because it is a universal law of everything that the mind can take hold of. You are arriving, <laughs> as we say. Well, I suppose, of course, there is some application of this to architecture. Well, rather, it applies to everything else. Uh, why not to architecture? But there must be a definite application of the theory. What is the application? Can't you figure it out? <laughs> I suppose if we call every building a form... You strain my nerves, but go on. <laughs> I suppose if we call every building a form, then there should be a function, a purpose, a reason for each building, a definite, explainable relation between the form, the development of each building, and the causes that bring it into that particular shape. And that the building, to be good architecture, must, first of all, clearly correspond with its function, must be its image, as you would say. Don't you say good architecture, say merely architecture? I will know what you mean. 
And that if a building is properly designed, one should be able, with little attention, to read through that building to the reason for that building. Go on. Well, that's all right for the logical part of it. But where does the artistic side come in? No matter about the artistic side of it. Go on with your story. But... Never mind the bus. Well, then, I suppose that the law is true of the building of a whole. It must hold true of its parts. That's right. Consequently, each part must so clearly express its function that the function can be read through the part. Very good. But you might add that if the work is to be organic, the function of the part must have the same quality as the function of the whole. And the parts of themselves and by themselves must have the quality of the mass, must partake in it of its identity. What do you mean by organic? I'll tell you later on. <laughs> then if I am on the right track, I'm going to try keeping on. It's rather fun. <laughs> it's rather fun to do your own thinking, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is, and rather good for the health and the happiness. Keep on, and someday you will get the blood to your brain. <laughs> if the surge is not too sudden, you may yet become a useful citizen. <laughs> I overlook your sneer yeah. because I am interested in what I myself am saying. I would observe in passing, however, that you are not any too considerate. But to go on, if it is true of the parts in a larger sense, then it must be equally true of the details, and in the same sense, isn't it? In a similar sense, yes. Why do you say similar? Because I mean similar. The details are not the same as the parts and the mass. Excuse me, they cannot be, but they can be and should be similar to the parts and to the mass. Isn't that splitting hairs? If there were more of such hair splitting, it would be well for our architecture. Why so? I don't understand. Because, oh, sorry, because its significance reverts the organic quality, which I mentioned to you. There's no limit to the subdiversity of organic thinking. And what's the difference between logical thinking and organic thinking? It's a world of difference. But we haven't come to that yet. Then I infer I can go on and consider my detail as of itself a mass, if I will, and proceed with the regular and systematic subdivision of function with form as before. And I will always have a similarity in organic quality, if I can guess what you mean, descending from the mass down to the minutest subdivision of detail. That's interesting, isn't it? The subdivisions and details will descend from the mass like children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, and yet they will be all of the same family. That's the first enlivening word I've heard you say. <laughs> well, it's catching, you know. I begin to get an inkling now of what you meant by the voice calling the far in the woods. Perhaps, too, of some of the little seeds that are coming up and will need watering by and by. Yes, yes. Very good as far as you go. But I wish to warn you that a man might follow the program you have laid down to the very last detail of details, and yet have, if that were his makeup, a very dry, very pedantic, and very prosaic result. He might produce a completely logical result, so-called, and yet an utterly repellent one, a cold and vicious neg negation, <laughs> negation of living architecture, a veritable pessimism. How so? Simply because logic, scholarship, or taste, or all of them combined, cannot make organic architecture. They may make logical, scholarly, or tasty buildings, <laughs> <laughs> and that is all. And such structures are either dry, chilling, or futile. 
Well, then tell me now, in anticipation, what characterizes a real architect? First of all, a poetic imagination. Second, a broad sympathy, humane character, common sense, and a thoroughly disciplined mind. Third, a perfected technique. And finally, an abundant and gracious gift of expression. Then you don't value logic. It has its excellent uses. But cannot everything be reduced to the syllogism? 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 I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> uh, so, textbook, so, the textbooks would seem to claim, yet I should not wish to see more a rose reduced to syllogism. <laughs> I fear the result would be mostly syllogism. Okay, <laughs> like, oh, Yeah, okay, that's Oh, syllogism. Syllogism. Is an instance of a form of reasoning in which a conclusion is drawn, whether validly or not, oh. from two given or assumed propositions, each of which shares a term with the conclusion and shares a common or middle term not present in the conclusion. Oh, so it's just like... Example, all dogs are animals, all animals have four legs, therefore all dogs have four legs. Okay, so it could work, but it could also be diluted or... Yeah, like all animals don't have four legs. So syllogism? Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Continue. Thank you. Yes, I'll, I'll go back here a little bit. Um, so the textbooks would seem to claim, yet I should not wish to see a rose reduced to syllogism. I fear the result would be mostly syllogism and that poetry would vanish with the rose. Formal logic cannot successfully deal with the creative process, for the creative function is vital, and as the name implies, whereas the syllogism is an abstraction. Fascinating as a form of the function, so-called pure reason, yet when subordinate to inspiration, it has just it has a just and high value. I say there is a logic over and above book logic, namely the subconscious energy we call imagination. Nevertheless, formal logic has its purpose and its place. Then do you apprise logic? I surely do. It is a power of the intellect, but it has its limitations. It must not play the tyrant. By the way, you were to explain the word organic. You have a memory, which shows that you are following and still better anticipating my argument. I had for the moment overlooked the item, but we will take it up next time when we may discuss it leisurely. I think this is a great sport. Uh, so do I. <laughs> this is very like, uh, this is like reading the Republic or like any of those uh, like Plato oh, conversations. Oh, yeah, friends. I guess. Yeah, it's kind of similar to the. Or yeah. last week's reading. Yeah, and like the Socratic method of kind of like challenging and not disagreeing, like hmm. trying to cause. But like, uh, yeah, I was definitely like kind of putting you down there a little bit throughout that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's tough. I'm the underling for sure and gotta earn my. Earn your knowledge. You're, yeah, you're just, you just don't understand anything. Respect. Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't realize, but that is the end of the reading. That is the end of the reading. Interesting. Um, just a side note, mm -hmm. because they were going to talk about what organic was, and then apparently that's for another time. Right. Um, if you haven't done the reading the textbook yet, it talks a bit about um, sort of the ideas behind uh, Louis Sullivan's form versus function. Okay. And so in German Romanticism, there's two different kinds of form. There's mechanical, which is something that we we impress a predetermined form on yeah. a material, or there's organic form, which is more innate. So it's like something that develops itself from within. Right. So the, like the oak tree is becoming itself because 
that's how it needs to go. That's how it works. And the other one's more like I have this idea of something and so I yeah. kind of press something in the form into that function or vice yeah. versa or something like that. So yeah, I kind of feel like this is this is how we're designing the bathhouse because it's like, okay, this is what these experiences need to be. Right. And then the form comes out of that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it's very typical, this uh, term from others um, who, you know, we've been encouraged, obviously we've, we've had to study the site as part of our rep uh, assignment, but um, our design, you know, mandate and encourage us to not even go there. We don't have any scheduled site visit until um, next week, I think. Yeah. Like so we're trying to focus in on yeah the experience of the cool rest cycle and of the bathhouse, and it's been quite difficult, I have to say, like to abstract um, those pieces without trying to think of the form of a building, you yeah, know, and, and how to relate them with one another and really get some sort of whole sense of of a design. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and to me, like I am, I'm always so interested in making it fit in. With the context, right? Yeah, yeah. The environment. I don't like. I don't like putting something in there that doesn't really fit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's part of your design. That's yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's tricky. Great. Well, um, other than that, I gotta say, it's happy to be back. Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening to the uh, listening to the podcaster again. I think we'll um, continue the uh, readings as a resource, and if we find the time and uh, and people are interested, we can have some guests on and, and talk to some, uh, For some sure. people in other programs and get some real tips and tricks on uh, on bathhouse designs <laughs> and mistakes from the past. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the one the one piece of advice that I've heard from multiple you know people in the next year up is. You don't have time to explore multiple ideas, so just go with the one you have and right. push it. Right. There's okay. no there's not really a wrong idea. You just have to like there's just no time to Right, so just so just jump into it and go yeah. with it. I yeah, I've received similar advice as well, just to um Well, my advice was to not focus on frigates, you know, like the ships and stuff like that, to um I don't know the context of that, but I was just gonna <laughs> say, Hey, can you give us some tips of this and just don't do this? And uh, and also to Really uh, pay attention again to your systems. Like BSI yeah. is kind of the crown jewel of this <laughs> uh, of the program of this thing. So, so yes, that's pretty cool. Um, but I must say, this fun thinking of ideas and then going with this type of thing. And yeah, guys, pretty fun. All right. Well, enjoy your uh, sketch modeling, everyone. Yes. Yes. And uh, we'll see you there Tuesday morning for the seminar. Yeah. So until next time, and also remember that you can subscribe. Oh right! Yeah, yeah, you can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, it's on all platforms. Yeah, and it's, other places. Yes. Just not Spotify, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, nice plug. Yeah. Until next time, Travis Goodyear. I'm Andrea Zillo, and uh, you've yeah. been listening to Ghost of Magic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like a spooky we, one. We usually forget to actually say that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. They're awesome guys. Beautiful. Okay, bye. Get out of here.